Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. A lot of my friends in organized labor know when I think climate, I think jobs. I think union jobs, not a joke. Not a joke. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. If you've ever listened to President Joe Biden talk about fighting climate change, you've probably heard him connect it to good paying union jobs. But behind closed doors, the relationship between Biden and big labor groups has been rockier than advertised. And that relationship could get more contentious as several major labor strikes loom in the coming weeks or months. If those strikes do happen, the president's pro-labor union image, 2024 political ambitions, and clean energy goals could all be at risk. So today, Politico's Zach Coleman on why Biden's clean energy goals have a union problem. It's Wednesday, July 26th. One of the biggest challenges for Joe Biden is getting the rank and file of the United Auto Workers behind this clean energy and electric vehicle transition. It's not that the UAW, which is the 130,000 plus member organization with a huge presence in battleground state of Michigan, is opposed to electric vehicles. They're just concerned about the worker standards and the job quality standards associated with a lot of the companies that are in this space because a lot of the space is new. It's a new battery industry that the IRA and bipartisan infrastructure law is starting to build. And by virtue of it being new, there's not a deep history of union ties. So a lot of these battery companies have a joint venture deals with some of the big three automakers like GM, Ford, and Stellantis. But those companies, the battery companies, do not have a union presence. So there's a question here of, are you giving federal incentives to companies that have not yet agreed to a good floor for labor standards? And also, are you giving money to facilities in states that are right-to-work states where there's a prohibition against mandatory collection of union dues, which could theoretically make it harder to unionize in these states? Got it. And given those tensions, what would you say is actually at stake here when it comes to both politically and the president's clean energy goals? What's at stake here politically is support in big Rust Belt centers like Michigan, Ohio. These are places that are competitive for senators like Sherrod Brown, for one, in Ohio, who's up for reelection, but also for President Joe Biden's reelect in 2024. You look at Michigan, that is a state that he is counting on. And if you don't have people in these states and in these industries feeling as if the new economic sector of electric vehicles is going to work for them, then they might let that anxiety bleed into how they feel about the president and his climate and energy and economic agenda. So you really have to think about here, is President Joe Biden doing enough to convince auto workers that they can be part of this transition and thrive because of it as well? And it's not that the auto workers don't think EVs are going to happen. The markets are saying that they will. It's just, can I get a good quality job? And that is something that you're, you're going to vote on whether you think you can. Interesting. And then 
let's talk about how the president might handle or is handling this delicate situation, which you have some insight into in your story. So, of course, we have some precedent of how he handles these things with the rail strike last year when Biden intervened. But that actually angered progressives, as you report. So how are progressives now advising the president and what sort of options does he actually have? Yeah, progressives want President Biden to stay out of contract talks. They don't want him to side in any one way to put an end to the talks because they want these negotiations to take place between the UAW and the big three automakers to come up with a deal that works for both sides. And we talked to White House officials last week when we were reporting this story who said, essentially, the president is not going to step in unless both the union and the companies ask him to. And that does not seem likely. I mean, the UAW is essentially saying, we don't want you stepping in at all. So I don't see that happening. That being said, you know, this is a pretty brash new UAW leadership. It's different in tone under Sean Fain, the new president, than the prior president, Ray Curry, who had a good relationship with the White House. You've seen the tactic from Sean Fain at UAW being to publicly attack some of the administration's decisions and investments through the IRA in electric vehicles because of some of the issues that I mentioned earlier about money flowing to right-to-work states and to companies that don't yet have a strong union presence. But again, the White House and even some of the White House's allies have noted that these are still emerging sectors. And it's not that you cannot unionize in right-to-work states and that you cannot unionize in this new battery sector. It's just, it will take some effort. Right. And then on the GOP side, we know that Donald Trump is gunning for the UAW endorsement but that's unlikely to happen. Still, what sort of pressure does Trump's active involvement put on Biden here? Yeah, I mean, Sean Fain at the UAW has said it will not endorse Donald Trump. It has not endorsed Joe Biden yet. It made a public announcement that it would not yet endorse Joe Biden for re-election. Doesn't mean it won't happen at some point, but that certainly did not sit well with many White House officials that such a public announcement was made. But again, like this is not like the UAW leadership is threatening to go with Donald Trump. Sean Fain in a memo earlier this year said that would be a disaster. It's not going to happen. However, Donald Trump likes to play towards the rank and file and he wants to court blue collar voters. So it kind of doesn't matter whether the UAW endorsement from leadership happens or not. If Donald Trump still feels he can prey on some of these anxieties about the EV transition and about whether there will be good jobs for auto workers in that transition. You know, and if he picks off enough voters who, who follow that anxiety, that could spell trouble for Joe Biden in Michigan. Also, on Tuesday, a federal court overturned EPA's order requiring the Trouble St. Croix oil refinery in the U.S. Virgin Islands to undergo a lengthy and expensive permitting process before restarting operations. The ruling is a defeat for one of EPA's highest profile environmental justice efforts. The Biden administration had focused on the St. Croix refinery after a temporary restart ended up raining oil droplets down in the surrounding majority black community. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. By the way, Politico is inviting you to our new Energy Economy event today, July 26th at 5.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us for a timely conversation on the impacts of the Inflation Reduction Act and what it will really take to reduce U.S. energy consumption and support clean energy jobs. Register online at politico.com backslash live dash events. Hope to see you tonight. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron knows developing and deploying carbon capture and storage is a critical step in helping make progress towards global net zero, which is why we're targeting 25 million tons of CO2 per year in storage and offsets by the end of the decade. That's energy in progress. Visit chevron.com slash carbon capture.